Our message today, mom equals influence. Mother's Day isn't easy for some people. I bet a lot of someone else's money that the words, ah, I'd rather not go to church today, may have been spoken in your home this morning. Maybe. If that's you, way to go for being here. There are many reasons why this can be a difficult day. But as we acknowledge that, honestly, I I just pray that God's grace and power will intersect with your pain or your broken heart during during our time together. And I, I believe that's probably already happened. No one would argue the fact that mothers have influence. Fathers too, but it's different. I learned this many years ago. Um, one morning, our church youth choir was leaving for weekend tours, so a previous church, and so we were as parents in the parking lot to see our kids off, and I said goodbye. Our oldest daughter, Carissa, at the time, I, I hugged her and told her we'd be praying for her in the group, and, and she was one of the younger ones in the group at that time, one of the younger students, and so I thought the, the loving thing as a dad would be to, you know, go on the bus with her and get her settled there, but As we approached the bus, she noticed that most of her friends were on the bus already. She turned around quick and said, don't do anything embarrassing, Dad. A a daughter would not, probably not have to say that to their mom. In a couple New Testament, thank you. In in a couple New Testament references that we're going to read, Timothy's mom. Timothy is a guy in the New Testament, and he's a pastor. And there's two letters, two books in the New Testament, small books, letters, really, uh, addressed to him. And his mom is mentioned, and it tells us something, I believe, about her spiritual influence in his life, who, who by this time, again, was, was leading other Christ followers in a pastoral role. Turn to, if you have your Bibles, 2 Timothy chapter 1, or you can follow along on the screen as I'm reading from the New King James Version uh, from the letter of 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. And the Apostle Paul, the writer of half of the New Testament, greatest Christian missionary, he, he's Timothy's mentor. That's pretty cool to have a mentor like that, hey? But he's writing this to his, uh, his, his mentoree. He says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears. Hmm, Timothy was going through some stuff. That I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance, and here it is, the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. And then in chapter 16 of the historical book of Acts in the New Testament, which is a record of all of the happenings of that first century church, Timothy is mentioned in Acts 16.1. And Paul came to Derby and Lystra, two places, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy the son of a certain Jewish woman, who, a Jewish woman who believed. So, a Christ follower. Again, another reference to Timothy's mom and her, the fact that she believed and, and was a Christ follower. And then verse 2 mentions something significant about Timothy's character, that 
He was well spoken of by others. Oh, makes every mama's heart proud, speaking well of my boy, right? Fair enough. But I believe it's also evidence of this mother's godly influence. Not perfect, but godly influence on his life. Paul trusts Timothy's character so much that he ends up deciding to take Timothy with him on his next missionary journey, and we see positive outcome of that in Acts 16. The churches were strengthened in the faith and grew in numbers, and, and some good things happened. Timothy had a part in that great mission of Jesus, but it was also that his mom and his grandma could share in those cool outcomes uh, and, and results of, of Timothy's life. Mom equals influence. Mom equals influence. You know the extent of this, I'm sure, uh, of, of your mom's influence every time you hear her words come out of your mouth. And the many just meaningful and, and, and uh, significant things that, that mom taught us, insightful statements, you know, like mom taught us to plan ahead when she said, make sure you have clean underwear on in case you're in an accident. What? Mom, mom taught us logic, didn't she? Because I said so. How many of you heard that? Mom taught us uh, the science of osmosis. Shut your mouth and eat your supper. What? Mom taught us spiritual growth. You better pray that comes out of the carpet. Some of you said these things. What did you fall in that mud puddle for? I mean, so these, these things come out of Anyway, mom's influence. And, and I'm not saying that every ounce of her influence was positive because moms are human. And thus, biblically, like all of us, sinful. Sadly, for some of you, the influence of your mom, the influence your mom had on your life was, was anything but positive. And if you're left with an emotional scar, I want to tell you this morning that God is able more than able, not only to bring healing to that wound, but also to turn it into something that he can redeem and use for, for, for his glory and for the encouragement and strength in the lives of others that he brings across your path. If you'll allow him. And if you'll forgive mom. Some of you may need to do that. When we talk about mom's influence, most crucial is the spiritual kind because a, a mother can spend a great deal of time, and you know this, moms, doing a lot of good things. Mom can give up her schedule for the kid's soccer schedule or hockey schedule. You know this, many of you. She can, she can do things to build self-esteem in her children. She can teach many different life skills, all good things. But we must remember that it's that which flows out of a vibrant relationship with Christ that is spiritual and eternal influence, which matters most. So, two simple and life-shaping ways to influence your kids. And I want you to be, I hope, trust that you'll be inspired this morning to, to pursue these or to continue pursuing them. And, and, and because many of you are, you're, you're doing this. And it's so cool for me many times to get to observe it in different ways. Way to go. But first of all is the influence toward love for God's word which we heard about from this stage already this morning. Mom, you play a crucial role in cultivating a love for the Bible no matter what the age of your students, your children are. 
In 2 Timothy 3.14, Paul urges, again, Timothy, to, to hang tough in the midst of persecution with these words. He says, continue in what you've learned and what you've become uh, convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. What's he saying there? I'm going to read it again. Continue, he says to Timothy, continue in what you've learned and become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. Timothy became... Uh, came to, to personally own what he consistently saw uh, as important in the life of those he trusted, in his mom and in his grandmother that's mentioned as well. He saw it, this Christ-following life, modeled consistently. And so he more easily then was able to embrace it. Paul observes, uh, again, 2 Timothy 3, from infancy, he says, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus. There's, there's no doubt that Timothy's mom played a key role in him knowing the Holy Scriptures, the, the, the Word of God for, for life and eternity. Mom, if this, if this whole idea is, is new territory for you, it may seem a little daunting. What do I do? How do I? What can I? I want to do that, but I'm just, I'm learning. I'm just learning the Bible myself. Well, I, I, I know, as a matter of fact, I gave Crystal the heads up, and she, 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 she would love to hear from you. If, if this is a, a, a new thing for you, I encourage you to, to call the church office or email Pastor Crystal. If you've got a bulletin today, her email's on there. And, and she can, she can, she'd love to chat with you and, and help uh, make some resources available to you that are, that are simple to use and uh, will, will feed into this um, God-honoring goal in, in your family. Influence toward love for God's Word. The second path to significant and in, uh, eternal influence in your child's life is to prayerfully endeavor to instill within, within them an authentic faith. And I mentioned this one second because really that comes out of knowing God through knowing His Word and loving His Word and committing as a parent, as a Christ follower, to, to follow uh, God's Word. Faith in any one of us only is authentic as we make the personal choice to embrace Jesus for ourselves, right? For any one of us. And yet, the influence of a godly mom can be so very significant toward that being the case in our lives. And again, many of you, that's your experience, which is very cool. And, and of course, we, we need to thank God for that when that's the case. Once again, Paul's second letter to Timothy, written in the mid-60s. A.D., that is, from a prison cell where Paul is incarcerated because of his faith in Jesus, and he wouldn't be quiet about speaking about Jesus, so there he is in prison. He's writing to this young pastor, Timothy, 2 Timothy 1. We, re, uh, we read it earlier. Paul says, I'm reminded, as I sit in this cold, dark prison cell, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Must have been pretty significant for him to be thinking about that in prison. He had seen the influence of Timothy's life and knew that mom and grandma shared in the glory of that. It's cool. The word sincere means that Timothy chose to be fully devoted to Jesus like his mom and grandma were. And Paul's connecting the two, obviously. Influence. Influence. 
Remember, there's no, there's no shortcut to influencing your children toward authentic faith, is there? And most important is to take our relationship with God seriously and make it the foundation of all of our lives, of, of all of our life. Kids are, kids are influenced deeply, whether they show it or not. Kids are influenced deeply, I believe it with all my heart, by, by what they observe as being valuable to us as we, as we live it out consistently. And, and yet, I need to say, and, and some of you know the, the pain of this, that there's no guarantee that the child will follow, will choose, will make the personal choice. No guarantee that they will choose to follow that same path. But no matter, no matter what that child may choose to do with Jesus as they grow older, they'll never forget. I believe it. Don't, don't believe the lie that it was, it just let me say it this way, they'll never forget the consistent and genuine faith of their mom. Or their dad, of course. And, and often it's the memory of that that the Holy Spirit uses to, to draw them back to the place of recommitting their lives to Christ. And those that are on that path as parents right now, uh, we pray. We pray for you, with you. Let us know. Maybe I don't know about where your child is. But those whom I know, they come to my mind. I want you to know that. They come to, and they come to the minds of others. And as they do... We, Church, we just, we just need to lift them up to God in prayer. I sent an email this past week to a, a young adult who's spiritually wandering, grew up in a solid Christian home, made, has made that choice at this point, and expressing love. And, and if God puts that on your heart to do, uh, do it. Reach out. Under this second point of uh, authentic faith and influencing toward authentic faith, there's three things that are key in the process of passing on authentic faith. Faith. Two I'll touch on really briefly, and then third will be a little longer because of a story I want to share with you. So, uh, first of all, passing on authentic faith. First, it involves being a praying mom. Growing in this area, I'm, please know, I'm still growing as a Christ follower in this area of prayer. It's okay. We're all on that journey, I'm sure. But, but mom, uh, and the, 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 the praying discipline. I guess a question, do your kids, again, applicable to all of us as Christ followers, but addressing moms specifically today, do, do your kids see you turning to God? That's your default, to turn to God first when you, when you face a challenge or when you need strength of some kind or when you need wisdom or, or peace of mind or provision of any. Do, do your kids see you just turning to God. Let, let's pray. Would you, would you pray with me about this? This is a concern to mom. Would you, like, to engage your kids in that is, is easy to do. And in doing, you're cultivating in, uh, authentic faith in their lives. Secondly, passing authentic faith involves valuing Christ's body. It really does. The church I don't believe that you can say you love Jesus, but speak negatively all the time of his bride, the church, or, or neglect his body and consistently let other things take precedent or priority over gathering with other believers. How is it, mom, that you model a love for your local church to your kids and, for that matter, the global body of Christ in all of its differences, but with the common goal of Jesus and the cross and declaring that message? How is it that you model love for the church? There's a reason that the writer in the book of Hebrews in, uh, in the New Testament says these words. Let us consider, he's talking to Christians, 
So apply this among ourselves. Let us consider how to spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching, the end, in other words. Being together like this and being together in your, in your uh, supportive, loving, small group, th- those commitments are just increasingly needed in the culture and the day in which we live. Are they not? Many of you, that's your life pattern and you know how crucial it is for not only your kids, but, but for yourselves. And you model that when you live it out, when you live out that commitment to the body of Christ. Thirdly, Mums who pass along authentic faith display deep trust in God. That's what they do. Mums that display deep trust in God's provision and care for her and her family. For many, this can be the most difficult thing because many times it involves letting go. Actually, actually letting go. Actually, probably almost always. I always taught my kids never to say, oh, you always, but going to say it here, probably always includes some element of letting go. And often when things are not turning out the way you hoped they would, displaying trust in God's, in his grace, in, in, in his ability, in his compassion, in his provision, and on and on we could go. Easier said than done, right? Easier said than done sometimes. But as Christ followers, we can We can trust God. I believe it with all of my heart. We can. Because why? Because he is faithful. I love that song we sang this morning about that. It's a a biblical truth. It's a truth about the character of God that we need to let settle in our minds and our hearts so that it shapes our response when we face trouble. To be convinced that the God we serve is 100% trustworthy, faithful, reliable, powerful, all-compassionate, all-wise. The character of God changes everything. And it changes our ability to be able to trust Him when we believe that that is His character. So latch on to that this morning. Moms, the character of God. There are many stories of what it means to deeply trust God. I look out and I know some of the stories. I think of them right away. Some I don't know that you're living and you've lived so well by God's grace and strength. Trusting God. I want to share a unique story about this for you mums specifically this morning who are facing challenges right now. And I want, I want to inspire you to believe God for whatever your need is. I heard Pastor John Palmer, former pastor of Assemblies of God Church in Iowa, tell this story at one of our uh, PAOC district conferences over a decade ago. He had traveled to Brazil and heard this story firsthand from uh, missionary Lisa Groves, who, who knew the story of a very poor lady in Sao Paulo, Brazil. She was a follower, follower of Christ, but living in very, very difficult circumstances as a widow with several children. And her money had run out. And her children were going to school hungry, and that, that just tore her up inside, of course. It came one day that she literally had the equivalent 
all to just 25 cents to her name. So after her kids left for school, she went to God in prayer. And for two hours, she, she called out to God, asking for his direction, asking for his miraculous intervention, as she had done before. But again, she pressed in, and she just expressed her trust in God for, in this situation. And during that time of prayer, on that particular morning, she heard God's whisper saying to her something a little curious, a little strange even. She felt God speak into her heart and mind this. She said, God's voice was, I want you to go to the El Dorado supermarket and get all the groceries you need for a month, and then I want you to go stand in line seven. Okay? Apparently, these supermar supermarkets are huge, many, many checkout counters. But she went. She went. Filled up a couple of carts of groceries and, 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 and got in line seven. No credit card, no debit card, no check, no cash, nothing. She stood there because she was convinced that the Spirit of God had dropped this into her mind and into her heart. Just before it came her turn to put the groceries on the conveyor belt, the cashier said, Sorry, ma'am, you're going to have to go to another till. I'm going on lunch break. Um... Well, she said, no, that's okay, I'll, I'll wait here. He says, no, I, I'm going to be an hour, so any of the other cashiers will be happy to help you. She, she replied again. She said, that's all right. She said, my father told me to come and stand in line seven. I'll just wait here till you get back. He went away, bewildered. An hour later, he came back. and She was still there, waiting. I mean, I got, I got thinking, if, if this was me, if I would have gone at all, what would I have done when he left? Would I have stood there for an hour? I, I, I kind of doubt it. I'd push the carts into the corner and sheepishly walk out of the store, probably. But this faith-filled mom stood there because she trusted in God. And I have no doubt she obviously had learned the, the, the discipline and openness of heart to, to actually hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit, which can be challenging sometimes, can't it? The cashier, after coming back, rang up the groceries, and it was a lot of money, money she didn't have. And, and, and the story is told, and I heard it with my own ears, that, that, that this cashier was ready to give, just as the cashier was ready to give the total of, of the amount that she owed. All of a sudden, the manager's voice broke into the, into the store through the speaker system and said, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the El Dorado supermarket. Today is the seventh anniversary of our store, and whoever is in line seven gets all their groceries free. Huh. Cool. And it sounded way cooler in Spanish, I'm sure. God could do that kind of thing. A lot of you know that. Pretty unique things that have happened in your life by God's grace and you're trusting Him. If you're facing trouble of any kind, God is able. God is able to see you through that situation, to meet you in that situation. He is able. Don't forget it.
Yes, that's a unique, it really is a unique story of God's provision. But it's also a powerful illustration of a mom modeling the kind of trust that, that, will, that will very likely be caught by her children. Can you imagine the conversation after the kids got home from school that day? They come in hungry. It's no use, but I'm going to open the pantry door anyway. Because what, what, what do we usually say? What did I say as a what, what have I said as a husband? Pantry's full. There's nothing to eat. Oh, that ticks mom off big time. But can you imagine this day? The kids come home thinking, actually, there's nothing to eat. They open the pantry. There's a story of trusting God right there to share. To foster faith. And when the outcome isn't that great, awesome thing, the fostering of faith can still happen. Sometimes, maybe even deeper ways, because sometimes it takes more trust to remain true to God and continue to trust Him when the outcome, if I was in charge, the outcome right now would be different. Conversations about faith and trust in those circumstances also can foster faith. And again, many of you know that. So, influence toward a love for God's word and toward living an authentic faith. Moms, would it be fair to say that sometimes you feel like your influence is minimal at best? I, I think probably all of us feel that at times. In whatever role we are in, leader, worker, pastor, youth, youth leader, Mom. As a matter of fact, you may sometimes feel like moms, you may sometimes feel like speaker and author Nicole Johnson when she talks about being invisible. Johnson recites a monologue about her life as a mother, about times when she feels no one is listening, times when she feels like no one even sees her or notices what she does. The monologue is called, I Am Invisible. And she recites this as part of that soliloquy. It all began to make sense. The blank stares, the non-response, the way one of my kids walks into the room while I'm on the phone and asks me a question. Husbands as well, <laughs> guilty. She says, I'm, I'm thinking, can you see me? I'm on the phone. Sometimes it seems that no one notices. If I'm on the phone or if I'm cleaning or cooking or even standing on my head in the corner because no one sees me. I'm invisible. She continues, says, some days it feels like I'm only a pair of hands, nothing more. Can you fix this? Can you tie this? Some days I'm merely a clock. What time is it? Or I'm a car to order. Pick me up at 5.30, please, if you get the please. She says, I'm certain that these, <laughs> I'm certain that these were the hands that once held books and the eyes that studied history and the mind that graduated with honors. In that same presentation, Johnson talks about a friend of hers who had taken a trip to England. And when she returned home, she brought a gift for Nicole. It was a large book about some of the great cathedrals of Europe. And it, was, it had beautiful pictures of these amazing architectural structures, but, but with no special interest in Cathedrals, Johnson wondered why her friend had inwardly wondered why her friend had given her this book until she read what her friend had written on the inside. Nicole, 
with admiration for the greatness of what you are building when no one sees. Take that home with you, Mom. Take that home with admiration for the, for the, for the greatness of what you are building when no one sees. She went on to point out that the builders of many of the cathedrals in that, in that book were unnamed. They would often say, builder unknown, no credit, even though they had made great personal sacrifice. Wow. Moms, I want you to hear words as if from God to you today. You are not invisible to me. I see you. I see what you're doing. I see the faith that you're endeavoring to live out, imperfect as you are. I see what you want to instill in your children by your life example and by your words and by your learning and by your faith journey. I see the influence, even though sometimes you may not. Mom, you're not invisible to me. Hear those words as if from God today, because I believe they are. Moms, what you do matters. Your influence can never be underestimated. If you're a mom who, for you or anybody in this place this morning, for, for whom this whole, what it means to be a Christ follower, what it means to, to, to be a Christian by the New Testament definition of that term, I'd love that you, maybe you brought a friend, maybe a family member who would, would just love to talk to you more about that. And if you're still seeking and you got questions, like if we're honest, most of us do, um, I'd encourage you this morning to just grab one of those connection cards and put your name on it and indicate that you've got, just, you can say questions about being a Christian, questions about being a Christ follower. And I, I would love the opportunity to touch base um, and to dialogue about some of the questions that you may have. As a matter of fact, today, you can in these moments say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. We sang about that powerful reality. Jesus' death and resurrection was for you so that you could live and I could live eternally, personally in a walk with God and eternally in his presence. What a gift. And so maybe in this moment, you'd say simply in your mind and heart, God, thank you for loving me. I surrender my life to you. Forgive me of my sin. I receive and trust in you as the forgiver of my sin and the leader of my life. I want to walk in relationship with you from this day on you're a Christian. Oh, there's a life of growth and there's other things that you'll have to talk about with God and other believers, sure. But you're in the family of God in that moment by faith expressed in Jesus and the cross. And so maybe this is your moment, mom or anyone. And if it is, if you're making that commitment today, I, I would just love to hear about that. You can let us know again through filling out one of those connection cards and putting it in the uh, slot at the information kiosk on your way out this morning. I want to pray as we close for moms. I'm going to ask moms to stand in this place today. I think there's a few here. Yeah, there we go. Start the flow. Awesome. I hope you heard these words as from God today. You're not invisible. I see you. Father, I thank you that your 
loving, fatherly eye. And even as Paul wrote in Thessalonians, the book in the New Testament that talks about his care was like that of a mother. That's God's care in these moments for moms who many, for, for whom many life right now is challenging. Probably for most in different ways. And so I pray that this message this morning would not seem daunting, but in, in baby steps, very doable. I pray you would, by your Holy Spirit, by the thoughts of direction that you would put on the hearts and minds of each of the moms in their individual situations, in their individual families, whether their kids are very young or, or, or uh, on their own, and, and maybe it's grandkids as well that, that are part of that loving influence for some of, of the ladies standing today. God, just direct them each in the way you want them to respond to this message from your word. Show the next step as you direct it, Holy Spirit. And we thank you for the, the moms that our church is blessed to have as a part of this church family. And I thank you for the moms that are here as, as, as guests with us today or as newcomers among us. And we, we just thank you. We thank you for each one of their lives. Strengthen, guide, encourage, Comfort, give wisdom for every day that you give them to have influence on their kids and grandkids and others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.